1993. Ben and I are living together in, okay. in uh, Marin County. We don't have very much money at all. We shop at midnight at Safeway. Everything is Safeway Select. We actually eat a couple of cans of human potted meat food product, like dog food for people. And uh, that jack-in-the-box thing happens. Uh-oh. And my reaction is, oh, those poor people. And Ben's reaction is, wait till you see the sale that jack-in-the-box is going to have to put on to keep from going out of business. And sure enough, like a week later, they're like, four for one tacos i'm like well that's it and he's like oh no 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 the bottom hasn't even begun to drop it's out like wait guys. for it wait <laughs> for it and they really did like two months later it was pretty much if you come into the restaurant and give us any currency from a penny to a dollar you can leave with all the food you want <laughs> you can even come around back and make it yourself we don't care 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys If you want to cut into podcasts, just start right now, 1993, fellas, and we'll, we'll, we'll buzz through 93. Exactly. Oh, the Beatles could be a little bonus package. Indeed. All right. Fellas. Hey! Timmy! We are already warmed up, man. We had a oh, half an great. hour warm up. Ever. We have taken on the roles of the Beatles, uh, claiming their personalities for this specific 1993 podcast. Does that mean you're Ringo? Are you claiming Ringo, Timmy? Yeah, because Ben's already outed me as dickhead Paul in the last little (laughs) mini thing. Oh, that sucks. I'm ruined. I have to be either George or uh, or John. Be Glenn John. Be Glenn Johns. No, I want to be Billy Preston. I can't carry it (laughs) off at all, but that believe me, that's what I want to be. All right. Well, we are going to get moving on this 1993 podcast. Uh, we are looking for the best album here on uh, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys on the Drive-In Podcast Network. Jeff Simons from the top rope. We have one album to discuss as the Grammy winner and as the best-selling album of 1993. Go ahead, name name some good albums that came out this year. Not, not the ones that you're going to pick yourselves, but... Name some albums that came out in 93. I can only think of the one I'm going to talk uh, about. Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing oh. Pumpkins in utero. in utero. Oh, in utero is very good. Snoop Dogg, doggy style. I hope that's it. I know it's not, but I'm just going to hold my breath. and <laughs> We've hope got Snoop Dogg, uh, Count and Crows, August and Everything oh, After. Oh, that's got a great Pearl record. Jam Versus. We've also got, great. We've got so many albums, but the grand. Yeah, Wu-Tang. we got Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang Clan, the, uh, the number one selling album, the Grammy winner, is It's the Grammy winner. It's the number one album. The Bodyguard Soundtrack. If I should stay I would only be in your way. Wouldn't it be great if so Kevin Costner I came in with like a duet voice? <laughs> but I know I am the bodyguard. I think of you. I think of you too. Every step of the way. 
Hit it. And I will always love you. Um, okay. I, I know the song. Good job, Whitney. What what else was on this album? Yeah, seriously. What's the second what's the second single from this record? Well, okay, here are the names of the songs. I have nothing. I'm every woman. Oh. Run to one run to you. Queen of the night. Jesus loves me. Even if my heart would break, which is a Kenny G Aaron Neville collaboration. Hey now. Oh, dude, play that right now. Okay. <laughs> Start right in the middle of that. Let's We've hear it. We've had some fans clamoring for Kenny. Oh yeah. Catch it. Huh. I've been around this world. I've been a lot of places. That's so great. That actually sounds like um, Ac- Activa background music. You know, like that yogurt for people with gastrointestinal distress. Hey, Jamie Lee Curtis, like that's what's playing in the background. Like, listen, if you have, if you need probiotic help, Activa will make you regular. So that uh, that's the song that Rod Stewart and Jeff Beck did together, right? No, that's People no, Get Ready. That's People Get Ready rewritten as an Aaron Neville original. Yep. Lisa it really Stan- does sound just like that, though. Lisa Stanfield, Someday I'm Coming Back. It's Going to Be a Lovely Day by Soul System with uh, periods between each of the letters. And that's a cover of Lovely Day, Love, or is it different? I don't know. Let's find out. This is the first time I've ever listened to the Bodyguard soundtrack. Ooh. Modern hip hop. Oh yeah, CNC Music Factory. Oh, yeah, it is. The, cover of that, right? the original of that song is great. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's great. great song. Um, we got this one by the Curtis Singers. That sounds pretty good. Okay. There's a reason. There's a reason it sounds good. Wait do you hear what song it is. How psyched was Nick Lowe that this ended up on the Bodyguard oh, yeah. soundtrack? He probably bought two extra houses with this record. <laughs> Holy crap. Good. That's lucky stuff. Lucky stuff. All right. Well, that was uh, the year in music. Thanks so much for coming. By the way, ironically, even the movie's not very good. Like, this is amazingly, <laughs> every part of this product is super mediocre. Oh, bad, bad uh, Kevin Costner haircut. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's got the weird, like, yeah, like down facing. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. And uh, all of that being said, Whitney Houston actually can sing. She has a beautiful voice. Oh yeah. I mean, like we've we've had people like we just had the the um, Nat King Cole's daughter who can't sing. Like this woman uh, can really sing. No question. All right, real quick, I'm going to give you guys uh, ten seconds to think of an answer for this question, and and uh, we'll fill it with uh, uh, Jeff Simon's original from River Run when we, we actually produce the podcast but well, right now on. it could just be dead silence no i'm gonna put my record on are you kidding <laughs> okay 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 so you get to pick the track i'm gonna give you guys 10 seconds and then we're gonna play categories and you can't look on your computer ben barton musician i can't cheat come on now no musicians who successfully transitioned into the world of acting and i don't mean little cameos where they popped up in a film or popped up on a tv show i mean oh yeah that person was acting in that particular 
movie or TV show. So 10 seconds to think about those who have made a successful transition. Hit it. Can't believe what I just said. That was 10 seconds. All right. Nice job. Uh, ben Barton, you go first. Ice Cube. Mark Wahlberg. Ooh, ben, ben Barton. that's a great one. Wait, what'd you say, Timmy? No, no, I'm, I've got the list. Go ahead. Oh, all right. Ice T. I uh, see so you're working that. You're working that angle. Uh, <laughs> I'm working really... all the ice. I'm, I'm working on ice. Ice, ice, baby. Uh, wait, I had another one. Oh, Steve Earle was great on The Wire. Okay. That's fair. Ben. Uh, Dwight Yoakam. Oh, yes. In, That's um, a good call. In Sling Blade, right? Yeah, totally. Nice. All right. Can, can I use Billy Bob Thornton and his transition into being no, a terrible rock and roll singer? Count at all. <laughs> can, uh, who else Maybe. you got? Uh, I thought I had another one and it just jumped completely out of my head. Because I've got one. Just Oh, Isaac Hayes. Great in several movies and on South Park. <laughs> okay. Isaac Hayes. We give it all. LL Cool J. LL Cool J. Yes. Uh, his best role is Ridiculous on 30 Rock when he plays the rapper named Ridiculous. He's so great. <laughs> he makes me laugh so hard in that episode. All right. Just Simon, you're stalling. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. I have nobody else. I think the problem was... Oh, Dolly Parton in 9 to 5. Oh, come on. You, Timmy, I already won this. <laughs> no, I'm keep... not, I refuse to climb no, to I answer lose. anymore. I lose, but I just glad I, I, I squeaked another one out. David uh, Bowie in Dune. Yeah, there you go. Well, was he in Dune? No, he was in Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Oh, Labyrinth. But didn't I, he play? Wasn't he in the original Dune? No, Sting is in the original oh, Dune. Sting. And I'll, he's, I'll take Sting in the original he's Dune. Awful. Sting and is I'll awful. Take, and there's and Mick Jagger is in a really dumb bad movie too. Called Ruthless People. Or did he just do no, the, no, no, no. Um, he's in a sci-fi movie where he eats a rat and he's like, "That's good eating." <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, oh, all right, good funny. job, Ben Barton. You get the win. Tom uh, Petty was pretty good on King of the Hill, too, as the next door neighbor. Still out there, we have Lady Gaga. Oh, uh, she was very good. Beyonce, J Lo, Cher, Jennifer Hudson, Will Smith, Queen Latifah, Justin oh, Will Timberlake. Smith. I can't believe I missed. I was hitting the rapper vein that I missed. Will I, Smith, I, Justin Timberlake. I forgot he was a rapper. Bar <laughs> Barbara Streisand. <laughs> nope. Uh. Uh. She's bad. <laughs> Okay. Yentl is Yentl is so bad. She's like a 38-year-old woman playing a 12-year-old, and it's so bad. Uh-uh. Negative okay. a million points oh, how for many, many of Tides. She, she powerfully moved me in Prince of Tides. There you go. She was pretty good in that. She's pretty good in Nuts, too, with Richard <laughs> Dreyfuss. <laughs> you remember that movie? I do. She was pretty good in that. Yeah, I don't know who kept giving, giving her movies. She's also in that boxing movie with Ryan O'Neal. The main event. I saw that in the theater with my parents. It's like a disco rom-com. That's Timmy, awful. How dare you ask who's giving movie. her these things? America gave her these things. America loves Barbara Streisand. I don't know and if you've noticed. She earned them. She earned these things. That's right. That's um, right, Timmy. All right, Jeff Simons. In 1993, Czechoslovakia breaks up. Czech Republic and Slovakia emerge. Uh, since 1993, who, who you got? Who's, who's had the better run? Are you kidding? That's I would easy. The Czech Republic, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Slovakia hasn't really made any waves, have they? 
Yeah, Slovakia is actually weirdly nice, and I can't remember the name of the capital, but we went there when we lived in Slovenia. It's Isn't fun. it Ljubljana? Or is that That's not the Slovenia? capital of Slovenia. How dare you, good uh, I know. I'm fucking with you. Okay. <laughs> uh, in 1993, Monica Seles was stabbed during a tennis event. That was How crazy was that, by the way? So crazy. Just guy comes down out of the stands. I still, I still maintain that modern security would respond more, more successfully and quickly right. to that right. event. You also had the uh, the World Trade Center uh, bombing in '93 with the uh, the van, right. a van filled with explosives, I believe. In Timmy, the- and I, I maybe remember this wrong. Do you remember how they caught the dudes? No, I don't. They was it went, the rental agreement? They went back to the yes. rental place and tried to get their deposit back, deposit back. even though they'd blown the van up. I mean, you gotta re- you gotta respect that short-sighted <laughs> terrorists right there. They need eyes on the prize, fellas. Come on. Speaking of terrorists, in Turkey, Islamists set fire to a hotel and thirty-seven die. Do either of you know who was staying in that hotel that would have led these terrorists to light it on fire? 1993, who do they have it out for? Michael Jackson? No. I'm going to need some kind of hint. There was a book that caused controversy. Salman Rushdie. It was not Salman Rushdie, but it was the satanic verses. They heard that the translator of Salman Rushdie's satanic verses was in that hotel. You've got to and, give Jeff the score for that one for sure. <laughs> I will give him the score. That's I feel like crazy. it was unkind of you to say that Jeff got it wrong. My point is, they're going to light a hotel on fire because the translator's in there? They really didn't like that book a and lot. And 37 people died? Can I be honest? Which, have, any, have either of you read the satanic verses? I've only read that, um, that page that caused great conflict. I, I read the whole thing and... Uh, I did not like it. I found it incredibly difficult. I was only 20 years old or 21 uh-huh. years old or whatever it was, but it was impenetrably difficult for a young Jeff. I really did not make heads or tails of it. Okay, but you weren't you weren't out for blood. No, I was actually very bored and sad that I wasn't smarter than I am. Speaking That's how that of- book made me feel dumb. That's one of a series of great books that where I'm like, I am not that bright. This is a beautiful, beautiful segue you've set us up here uh, for. The invitation to cynicism question. How comes- dumb is Jeff? <laughs> this is why i blew up at you at that rehearsal. Like all of these, it was all these microaggressions just came to a head. It comes down to Stephen Hawking's a brief- Jeff? A brief history of time makes it uh, sets the record for the longest running book on the best seller list. A brief history of time. Raise your hand if you bought that book. Am I no. the only one? Two. No, no, dude. My dad read that book. My dad loves that book. Okay. And if he were on as a guest right now, he we're, would be like, thank you for asking me. Like, I got so many talks about that book. <laughs> I actually have a huge soft spot in my heart because I love my dad uh, for that book, even though I've never read it. We're gonna and, but you might as well have. Podcast. What's that, Jeff? I say he might as well have read it, considering how what a blow by blow he got from his dad while his dad was reading it. I mean, it. I bought the book. I've tried to read it several times. Let's just be 
be clear, the word brief is relative. Uh, ah, that's a good joke. I like it. Um, <laughs> is your invitation to cynicism like top five books people buy and do not read? Oh, yeah. What else you got? Uh, I have the Mark, the autobiography of Mark Twain. That's 850 page hardback. Yeah, I got oh, that. Wait, I got a really good one. I feel seen. Yeah. Infinite Jest. Oh, oh, great one. Really? Great. Didn't read it. Nobody oh. reads that. <laughs> no way. Oh. That's great. That's uh, a great one. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Uh, as long as we're having fun, four people die in the jack <laughs> in the box. E. coli. Oh, I have such a good story. Oh, God. I'm so glad <laughs> you brought this up. So, in 1993, and- uh, Jeff Simon, okay, to go in another direction. No. What this is a great. If me blowing up in the rehearsal studio is the is Jeff Simons's childhood story, uh-huh. this is Ben Barton to a to a T in 1993. Ben and I are living together in okay. in uh, Marin County. We don't have very much money at all. We shop at midnight at Safeway. Everything is Safeway Select. We actually eat a couple of cans of human potted meat food product, like dog food for people, and <laughs> uh, that Jack in the Box thing happens. Uh-oh. And ben, my reaction is, oh, those poor people. And Ben's reaction is, wait till you see the sale that Jack in the Box is going to have to put on to keep her going out of business. And sure enough, like a week later, they're like, four for one tacos. I'm like, well, that's it. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. The bottom hasn't even begun to drop it's out. It's like, wait for it. Wait <laughs> for it. And they really did, like... Two months later, it was pretty much if you come into the restaurant and give us any currency from a penny to a dollar, you can leave with all the food you want. <laughs> you can even come around back and make it yourself. We don't care. I And we went and ate what can only be described as an elephantine amount of Jack in the Box in one night for oh, like no, I did. a We nickel. took bags home with us too. Yes, it was unbelievable. <laughs> but that for me, I... I do. I still, until that Jack in the Box went out of business, every time I drove by it, I just remember the men. The Ben came home from work and he, he'd been driving around. He drove past it. He came from work, got me. He's like, "It's time, get in the car." <laughs> the Jack in the Box has hit rock bottom. Let's go. Bring your, bring your pocket change. We're gonna eat seven thousand calories. Oh, thank you, Tim. All right. Oh, so good. Good stuff. Uh, all right. Ben, this question is for you. In 1993, Belgium becomes a federal monarchy rather than a unitary kingdom. Given the trouble devolved governments have administrating principalities, wouldn't a constituent monarchy have made more sense in the face of the semi-autonomous republics that comprise Western Europe? I actually I object to this question because Belgium are just waiting to get invaded. It doesn't really matter. They're just hanging around waiting for either Germany or France to just take them over. Uh, well, we've just lost our listeners in Belgium. That was Monty Python-esque. That was great. It was a tough... It was, I like that. I felt that the uh, Jack in the Box offered a great transition into that question. <laughs> But we've got to go. Miss Plain is back. The robot lady has been away in Washington, D.C. She's back. I'm going to take her out to dinner after this podcast. So let's go. Our three albums. Who goes first? 
are three albums. I'll go first. Let's in go. 1993, the first half, as Jeff mentioned, I, we lived together in California. And then I headed out to Michigan Law School. And I, uh, I was a mixed student at Haverford, which Jeff will be happy to report. Um, basically, my freshman and sophomore year, I got mostly C's, and I spent most of my time drinking. <laughs> junior year, I became a more serious student. And I really, really, really tried hard my junior and senior year. And then the two years in between college and law school, like when I did that with Jeff, I had two jobs. I worked at a housing discrimination place. So I was doing this like legal work, looking out for discrimination. And then I drove a school bus. And I just became kind of like a hardworking, hard-ass person, almost in reaction to the person that I was freshman and sophomore year. And then of course, First year of law school just really draws that out of a person. Like it's just a super intense time. So um, I was extra passionate about not borrowing too much money. So I saved up a bunch of money. This, this is why we had to eat a jack in the box after the E. coli scare is because even though I was driving a school bus, I managed to save several thousand bucks to pay for tuition. I lived in a basement off campus. Like I had one little tiny window that was above ground that was like the shape of a eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. And that was it for my little room. And that was my apartment. And it was so cold that fall. It was the coldest winter in 20 years in Ann Arbor. I, it was an entire week where it didn't crack zero. So I had the wind cutting. I had like a scarf around my face and the wind would cut through and freeze my eyes shut walking to and from class. It was a, a hard time, but an amazing time. And like one of those times that's uh, very salient in your mind, you know what I mean? Like you're trying super, super extra mega hard. And so I was just like a really gritted teeth, intense person, even worse than I am now during that period. And a record came out that year that spoke to me, period, it remains one of my all-time favorite records, one of my favorite works of art, and one of my favorite bands. We talked about it before, Pearl Jam versus. And Let's I tell go. you a personal story because the personal story captures the record for me. My first year of law school for the exam period, I studied super hard. And then the mornings of the exam, I would get up. I hadn't showered since the last exam, right? So I'm like, oh, dirty. I would shower, I would shave. I wouldn't put on a suit, but I would get dressed up. Like I put on a sweater. Like I just look nice to come to the exam. And then I would go into my room, my basement room and I would turn my stereo to eight and wake everybody in that entire stupid group house up. And I would play Leash by Pearl Jam and just headbang to get fired up and then go in and murder those exams. This uh, record, it captures that like mid-20s angry youth. You know what I mean? It also has beautiful songs. It has the elderly woman behind a counter. Uh, it has daughter. It has songs that are not about that energy. Like the mix of it also spoke to me. But in particular, that like passion and drive and like with an edge, with an edge to it was what really, really, really got me in this record. In the fullness of time, my favorite songs on the record, and I actually consider it to be one song, is Go and Animal. 
Um, and Jeff and I both had the great good fortune to see them on this tour. I saw them multiple times on this tour. And they played those two songs back to back frequently as a medley. Like they would finish up Go and then just swallow right into Animal. Um, I love those songs. Jeff and I have discussed what our favorite bootleg is from 93 to 94 and agreed on the Atlanta 94 show at the Fox Theater. We're going to pick it up one minute into Animal so we can get the second verse into the chorus, into the solo, into the five, five, five against one. Let's go. Okay, so hold on. I have to switch websites to do this. It's going to be a mild pause here, which you should remove, but... <coughs> hey, um, you don't even listen, so you don't know. I'm I don't know. sorts of things. I've got, like, space sounds. <laughs> does he have, Jeff, does he have space sounds? Don't sweat the production department. Timmy is both Ringo and Bling Johns. <laughs> Verses by Pearl Jam. I'd rather be with, I'd rather be with an animal. I mean, I think it's fair to say that it is a mishmash of old stuff. Like, I, I'm not trying to claim it's a completely new sound, um, but especially this tour. First, that twin, gar- twin guitar attack. I mean, good night. Good night. How Amazing. those guys play together. So beautiful. So beautiful. And in particular, it's, it's ironic, but I mean, I like Stone better. I mean, the rhythm guitar on these tracks is just so far off the hook. I mean, in this exact song, You've got early Led Zeppelin, you've got mid career Who, and then it'll bink, 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 like the little, you got like a little funky guitar yep. slipped in there as well. So um, and the, the, the solo parts, all of the lead parts are so tasty. And what can you say about Eddie? I mean, just a force of yeah, nature really at this is. time, just yep. pounding it out. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, he's, he stands toe to toe with plants and Jagger and anybody else from that period as a rock and roll singer, like just yep. all timer. And also I love the vulnerability of it. You know what I mean? Like how hurt he is. He's so sad. He's so bummed out that somebody was so mean to him um, and just belting it out this way. Just amazing. Does he get, does he get the credit he deserves? I would put him, I would put this band and him as properly rated. Yeah, I think so. You know, they have a, they have an, a, the, the most devoted fan base. 
they haven't had a hit in what 20 years yeah i I guess i'm thinking in terms like you were thinking of uh led zeppelin robert plant mick jagger i think i think guys 10 years older than us prize those singers i think you know the students i teach they know kurt cobain they don't know eddie vetter at all i don't think they get pearl jam what's kind of daughters are not big fans of pearl jam yeah that's interesting yeah that may be right timmy but yeah, uh, on a track like that, it's like, holy crap. Dude's just on fire. And just an amazing performer. It's fearless. And yeah, this is the this is an amazing record. There are mo- there have been moments in my life where this is my favorite record in the world. No question. I just love this record so, so much. It's just fantastic. And uh, the, the vinyl came out a week before the CD. And I was lucky enough to track down a copy of it and... Uh, um, I knew all the songs by the time I, I mean, I saw the Versus tour two days before the CD of the songs from Versus came out, but uh-huh. I knew all the songs because I'd listened to the vinyl record like 50 times by the time I saw it. And they were just, they were untouchable in the fall of 1993. Better than, that was easily the best show I'd ever seen in my life up to that point. And, and it's, not it's, even a, close. it's an amazing, great, and we def- we'll, we'll think about this. It's a great second album. It and is. Talk yeah. about taking the leap. I mean, yep. The first record is great. I mean, the production's weak and there's some stinkers on it, but the first record's got some terrific songs on it. Yep. To the point where you're like, I don't know how they're possibly going to top it. And then they just buried it. Buried the it. The second record is so great. And fact, Jeff, you talked about this before, but the uh, the album cover, even like the album cover is like, dude, take it yeah. out. Yeah, no, man. That's exactly just everything about them is there on the cover. In your yeah. face. Yeah. And recorded it here in San Rafael, California, man. Yeah, recorded like, oh, they were recording that three miles away from where Ben and I were living. I mean, you know, maybe that's why we like it so much. It was just in the air. You know? Yeah, right. Huh. All right, Jeff Simons. Robot Lady oh. Awaits. What do you got? So do you remember last week? I was like, oh, I'm making a last minute change. I'm so excited about my 1993 record. The record I was so excited about came out in 1994. So I completely screwed myself. So I'm cheating a little bit. Um, I'm going to use a a guy who uh, we talked about with his original band and is now a solo artist. So, um, and I'll, I'll keep it brief for the robot lady, but my pick is Paul Weller from the jam. He makes his best. Oh, nice. His nice. best record of his solo career is from this year. It's called Wildwood, and it's the leap record for him, right? Like the first solo. So Paul Weller goes from the jam into this kind of dance thing called the Style Council, which is oh. hit and miss through the 80s. And then he puts out a solo record in 1992 that's just called Paul Weller. And it's kind of like the last pieces of the Style Council and a little bit of this new thing. Wildwood is when Paul Weller figures out who he's going to be for the next 15 years. He gets a complete reimagining of his talents. Um, and uh, what he realizes that if he goes even if he goes back behind the jam and he doesn't reach back for the power pop stuff like Beatles hit singles and who and, and small faces and all the things that turned the jam into like the great punk rock song band, he goes for the like more stretched out stuff like traffic fairport convention stuff with acoustic guitars stuff with a groove and he reimagines himself um in the on the record wildwood wildwood is uh 
just one great song after another. It holds together beautifully as a as a record. It's got this really earthy, woody percussion. Like it sounds like a record recorded in the mid 1970s. And I mean, that as a compliment, like it, it's very analog and warm. And it sounds like it's like recorded with tube amps and really loosely tuned drums. And this is the record where Paul Weller learns how to sing like a grown up. He was a shouter on the jams records and he's kind of a faux R&B singer and style council, but here he sounds like a grown up, like, singer who's inside his own songs and cares what he's writing about um i i had seen paul weller on the first solo tour when he was touring the first record because a guy i worked with was like a paul weller like a jam fanatic and dragged me to it and i was like this is pretty good um so when wildwood came out i was anticipating it but i thought this was just it's like what ben was saying about verses this is a leap and a half um i like so many records on this record i'm not even really sure which one to play um they all are very like groovy without being funky folky without being twee rock and roll without being uh you know too tread you know like too much bass guitar drums like i just think this record sits in a sweet spot of songcraft and sonic uh warmth and uh i listen to it still over and over and over again um i think i'll just play the first song yeah i was this gonna is, say it's the first song sunflower yeah i'm just gonna go with sunflower oh yeah, yeah yeah just a great riff and a great sound you get a really you'll get a great sense of whether this is for you from that so elder statesman uh the guy who becomes the godfather of uh brit pop in the 90s um and a guy still making a record a year paul weller's made like 20 solo records this is <laughs> unbelievable. he's like the hardest working guy uh in show business That's even awesome. though i think most people stopped listening to him a long time ago but wildwood by paul weller We have no past I write this now While I'm in control I choose the words And how the melody goes Long winding streets We walk hand in hand Now I long for the sharp wind To take my breath away again I run my fingers Through your head They're like a wee feet I run through You can hear like how careful the playing is, like the great ride cymbal work on the drums and he switches from the hi-hat to the floor tom. Like, And then Weller's guitar playing is such a great mix of rhythm and lead without it being flashy. And it's all so close mic'd. Like it's really, you have to be really good to play like that and, mm. and capture it on, on uh, in a recording. And this is, you know, before Pro Tools, before editing. Like it's just a great... And then he took this band on the road and then recorded the next three records with them. Like they really become his little 
his little posse. And, and I think this is a great example of a guy writing for the musicians he has in the room as well. So it's not, it's a solo record, but it's really collaborative too. So nice good stuff. Ben, what, what were your thoughts at the time or now? I like this one. I like this one. And that song in particular is great. Yeah. Really good song. I, uh, so I think I mentioned this in season one, how I interviewed him. Did I tell you guys that? Must tell us me. more. Well, I, <laughs> I love that song. I had that. I had that album. It was sent to me at the Northeastern News. They were trying to get it on college radio, and I went and and they, you know, they sent me tickets and an interview opportunity. So I went to the concert. Jill Solbuel. Oh, don't get Jeff started. Which is so bizarre that that was his opening act. I, I love me girl. some Jill Solbuel. And uh, and backstage, I I inter- You know, I had my reporter's notebook. You know, those thin, long notebooks. I had my pencil. And I went back and I started asking him questions. I had never heard of the jam. Uh, I didn't know he was in the style council. I had heard oh, of the geez. style council. I mean, I know not like I've got I've got classes. I've got have you you ever take intro to microeconomics? I was dying. And uh, anyways, I tried to interview him. His answers came through in such a thick accent. I I had nothing to write down. I just nodded my head. Have you ever heard him speak? Yeah, he's got a really thick brogue. In fact, oh. in the in the new documentary about the jam called All the Young Ideas, uh-huh. there are t- there are times when they give him subtitles. Yeah, th- that's yeah. what I needed. Yeah. yeah. I'm just a kid taking notes. I'm like nodding my head. No clue what he said. Uh I got to go find that article. See if I gave him a good review. What did you say like Paul Weller is a fine young man who writes songs <laughs> and sings them on a stage. I've seen Paul Weller play so many times. I get, you know how some artists just come through your town and come on a night where you're like, oh, you're not doing anything and it's not sold out. Like I've yeah. seen Paul Weller at the last minute, I maybe four times where I'm wow. like, oh, he's playing. Like the last time I saw him, I walked to the play. It was playing in a place in Berkeley that I could walk to. Uh-huh. I literally walked over there bought a ticket at the door, walked right up to the front, saw the whole show and walked home. I was like, it's so weird. Like he's just around anytime I have a free night. Oh, that's great. I love it. All right. Well, you guys done well here in 1993. Unfortunately, uh, you came up short. Listen, who's, who's the guy on Twitter, Brooklyn dad? Whose friend is that? I I mean, it could be one any of our friends. He's taken to predicting our. Oh no, no, dude, that guy is a friend of a friend of ours. Yeah, but he. We have actual people we don't know who listen now, Timmy. It's crazy. Yeah. Wait, we don't know him. Yeah. Oh, he's no, a good I don't guy. Think so. yeah, oh, I thought it was is. one of your friends. So, so I love the fact that as he's waiting for 1992's podcast to come out, he's predicting. He knows us, and he's predicting what we'll pick. He got and, him wrong though. And oh, he's going to be so mad at me. I think he, yeah, yeah he was giving I, me so much more credit than I deserved. <laughs> Neil Carlson, right? That's the name. Yeah, of the Neil, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. him. And then this other guy jumps on and says, "Neil, you, you, you messed up or something. Tim's going to choose the lemon lemonheads because he's because they're local." And I do not appreciate being pigeonholed, <laughs> sir. I have varied musical tastes that go beyond the Boston area code. 
How's the uh, oxygen on that high horse of yours, Tim? <laughs> Unfortunately, 1993. It's the Money Money Boss Jones. Here we go. <laughs> Hold on. Nick the Carlson's friend is Rick Khan. Got... He's friends with Rick Khan. That's the that's the friend of him. Oh, that. Oh, uh, nice. Okay. He's Great. Um. Yeah, it's really it's really funny um, that I've been pigeonholed as such. So in, in 1993, I was listening to a lot of music at the Linwood Grill in Boston with my buddy Danny as the bartender. So you might think, Twitter follower, that I'm going to pick Power Man 5000. But no, oh, I am Jesus not. Jesus Christ. I am going to go into... I have a pencil ready to stab my ears out, Timmy. I'm ready. <laughs> I am going to go international because I'm more of a world music type of fellow. Oh, boy. This okay, be I God. believe there's a band called the Cranberries, who put oh. an album out in 1993. Let's go. Hey, Jeff Simons, everybody else is doing it. Why can't we? What song do you want? Linger! Oh, my God. Linger. <laughs> yeah, the, you are the best. Here we go. We're lingering. Everybody else is doing it. Why can't we? By the Cranberries. How could you pick this one over dreams? How is that even possible that that's happening? I like this one better. You know? No, I like dreams better. But I don't like either of them a whole lot. <laughs> this gets going right away. It's what I like about the song. Ah, there we go. Kind of lingered. Ah, now I get it. Dolores, with that little, that little hint of a brogue. That's hint. So dreams, I was just Jeff, gonna how say, does dreams go. Oh, oh my, day a change in every day in every possible way. You know that one. What's the What's the other What's the really big cranberry song? Zombie. Oh, no, that's zombie. the next album. Ah, 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 ah. Okay, right. Yeah. I kept he waiting for Linger to do that. I was like, Is it going to do that thing? Is Dolores. This is Dolores the song. This is the song where they used in She's All That when the, the girl with glasses becomes the hot prom date for Pretty Prince Jr. Is that correct? This is what's playing in the background, I believe. Is it? I think so. I remember they make fun of it in Clueless because the one dude has this album. He's like, 
He plays it all the time for Alicia Silverstone. I think it's so funny that you're like, it has a slight accent. As I was listening to that, I was like, she couldn't, she couldn't clean up that accent a wee smidgen. How dare you? Why, Ling- why should the Irish clean up their accent? Maybe you should clean up your Maryland maybe, accent. Sir. Maybe I did. <laughs> no, I just think it lingers such a funny, like, it's such a syllable that jumps out as being said in a funny way. Linger. It makes me think of lingonberries every time the song. I think of it like like Welch's lingonberry sauce should have used this song. But uh... wow, <laughs> all right, <laughs> it makes me think of the scan function because I'm like, oh, this song's on the radio. Why is it not moving on to the next station? I'm banging on scan. All right. Well, next. Did you week... actually own this record, or did you uh, just yeah, really no. like Dreams and Linger? Okay. Oh, I I own this record. I played it at a Stars Restaurant where I worked as I cleaned up. Yeah, this was. <laughs> This was a go-to Boston. I thought you played Hallelujah, I Love Her So by Ray Charles while you cleaned up at Star's Restaurant. I also... that was I thought of, that was the cleanup That's a better music. choice, for I sure. I also played a lot of Van Morrison on the bright side of the road. when I, I did a lot of cleaning up, Jeff Simons. I liked it that you had, like, Dick Van Dyke spring in your step when you were cleaning up. <laughs> you couldn't even get, like... You couldn't even take that dead-end job and make it unhappy at the end. You're like, right the right side of the Dead-end job? How dare you? Stars in Hingham Harbor is an institution. Is it still open still? Yes, it is. Do you get half price off uh, shots when you go because you used to work there? Well, what's really bizarre, when I walk in and nobody knows me, I'm like, I ran this place, child. You don't have your picture on the wall What's that, Ben? Timmy, you'll agree with me. I worked every job in a restaurant that wasn't head chef and host. I mean, I was a waiter. I was a busboy. I was a dishwasher. I was a line cook. Host. I was a prep cook. I was a host. grill cook. I was an expediter. I did expediter, every single one of those yep. jobs. And I got fired from jobs at restaurants. I worked at five different restaurants. It's an amazing training for life. You learn so much about life by working those jobs. <laughs> so great. So great. So my right. daughters are like, how come you tip so much? And I'm like, dude, oh. you work these jobs, you'll know. <laughs> so my, my daughters are like, like, we'll go to a place where like they bring out the wrong food and I ask for it and they bring it out as wrong again. I ask yeah. for it, they bring it out as wrong again. They're like, what'd you tip? And I'm like, 20%. <laughs> so right. they're like, I'm like, that's the basement. That's it. Like, yeah. You're going to have to murder me to get me below 20%. Like stab <laughs> my arm with a fork. All right. So you guys will love this. This, this uh, will close us out. We're working at Star's. Uh, waitress named Melissa who's got a, a stigmatism and she usually wears contacts that fix her stigmatism but on, on one day she she had to wear her glasses thick thick glasses like ridiculous and she's walking in and she says something that pisses off the cook helmet and, helmet, and she's walking back out on the floor with her food helmet's like hey Coca-Cola called they want the bottom <laughs> of their bottles back <laughs> killed me wait timmy can i tell one story <laughs> yeah hit it all right so i uh, oh i'll ask this is a quiz of those various jobs what was i worst at um i think you could get get into line cook no uh, dishwashing my worst job was waiter i was terrible at waiter oh really okay. i was charming and lovely but very disorganized oh my my dad my parents came in to one of my jobs as a waiter and they sat down in my entire life my dad has ordered water, no ice. That's been his order from as long as I can remember. 
<laughs> I sit down, he orders water, no ice. I go in, I come back out. I bring everybody water with ice, including my dad. I hand it to him in front of me and he goes, Ben, there's ice in this water. You're terrible at this job. <laughs> <laughs> Just right on the money. I was like, damn, I am terrible at this job. <laughs> <laughs> Start chopping on your ice, old man. Ah, uh, good stuff. All right, gentlemen. 1993 is put to bed. I'll split up the Beatles, so we'll do a special. Yes, the Beatles. So you got to cut out the, the the tech in the middle. Yeah, I screwed up the animal. You got, don't forget to cut out the Pearl Jam yeah. mistakes because that was I really. Do that. You know me. I'm on it. If you want help, just send it to me. I'd be happy. <laughs> oh, to. I got I got a whole bunch of stuff because I also have the. Uh, mountain biking stuff to send you so as soon as i get all the students packed and uh, but, but you know what you love how ben, ben and i have not asked hey what happened to that mountain biking stuff i definitely do not want to listen to that your sad students did <laughs> you, i mean i'm sad students how dare you i mean like when's the last time i made you like weigh in on one of my students projects you're such an inclusive guy you're so nice you're like you know what other adults will be fascinated by these maudlin tales that my students have told. Well, I know you guys have been clamoring for stuff ever since our Dylan podcast with my students during the winter. Yeah, they really lit it up. Those kids were like, they were at the height of fandom. That was like talking to guys who had like machine guns just off camera, like smile at the camera and be polite or your family never leaves Siberia. Whenever I check our podcast totals and see how many listens we have, and I like think, I think of the 800 listens that that particular podcast has. I'm like, oh, sorry, y'all. All right, Timmy, another triumph, my friend. Yeah, thank Good you, friends. Hey, Ben, stay trapped, brother. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the rock podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for The The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hour. Electric acid.